0: All right, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to go ahead and go to Romans chapter 2. So let's go ahead and turn to Romans 2. And if you need highlighters or pens or anything like that, they are back on the counter. And we do have fill-ins as well. So throughout my message, I'll have fill-ins. And so if you need any of that, just go right back there. And there's a little stand that has fill-ins and pens, and you can stay with us. Allie, do you still have all of your fill-ins from... Ali has every fill-in that we've ever done on a Wednesday. It's quite the, what do you call it? Museum of fill-ins. So Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and I'm going to be in the Amplified. And if it's uh, you don't have your Bible or phone, it's going to be on the screens as well. So let me get my show up and running here as well. I think it's working. Am I connecting? Does anybody know if I'm connecting back there? Do you mind following me, Mo? Okay. Is I'm not getting it connected on my I'm, I'm seeing it, but I'm not be able to connect it. All right. So let's go and read in Romans chapter uh, eight, verse twenty-eight. It says, "We are assured and know that God. This is the Amplified. Being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design." and His purpose. Now leave your Bible open right there because we're going to dissect that in a minute, the all things working together for our good. Does anybody like salsa? Anybody like salsa? So my sister makes salsa and she had some here for the ladies' ladies' um, meeting Monday and I was like at that counter back there with chips just inhaling it because it was so good. But There's ingredients for salsa and homemade salsa for sure, and one of those is um, onions. Now, not this whole onion is in salsa, but a part of an onion goes into salsa. But if we were gonna have salsa, would anybody like to take a big old chunk bite out of this and then land it and then take a chip with it or something? No, not necessarily, but. This is in salsa in a part, and there's also in salsa cilantro, and that's one of the secret things. Mom taught us that. Mom's Hispanic, and so she taught us cilantro. And and you want want to hear a, a secret that not too many people know? Cumin. Just a little dash of cumin in there gives it a smoky taste that makes it good. But would anybody just like to come up here and just like a Uh, gerbil, have some cilantro. (laughs) Okay, so the point is that these are the ingredients. Gosh, that smells good. smells like salsa. These are the ingredients of salsa, but nobody in their, you know, would take, nobody that would just say, well, let me just have a little bit of cilantro and let me have a little bit of of onion. No, we want it to be all together. Have you ever heard of HelloFresh my cousin cut and kind of got me hooked on HelloFresh, and I haven't had a HelloFresh that I didn't like. But um, one of the things about HelloFresh is they send you everything, and everything that you need is ready to go. So I didn't know anything about uh, um, what do they call the onions that are smaller? Scallions. I never, and they're delicious. But you have to cut up the scallions, and you have to cook it into the whatever the HelloFresh is. But by themselves, they're not necessarily. All that good or desirable, but together they work together to make a good meal, to make a good salsa. So let's take this apart. Your first feeling is all things. So all things, everything that is in my that my life encounters is all things. The hardest part about all things is, is that life doesn't always go as we expect it or we want it to. Sometimes life is difficult, but in this scripture in Romans, all things or working together, which is your next fill-in, work together. And the Amplified kind of gives it away. They're fitting into a plan that if you're standing at the counter, those of you that cook and you're chopping things up, somebody, if you come up and let's say you're chopping, I don't know, chopping uh, potatoes and they say, what are you making? I'm making potatoes. Okay. Well, what kind of potatoes? I'm making potatoes. No, you're working it together into my favorite mashed potatoes and I like not just mashed potatoes but mashed potatoes that have uh, butter already in there and sour cream in there and little little uh, um, the green onion green onion in there it's all working together that all um, working together next thing for good that God's plan for me is good that we can say without a doubt that he is a good father in all his ways. The next fill in, for those who love God. And I know that when we come to church and certainly when we come to church on a Wednesday, it kind of seems like, well, doesn't everybody love God? That? And everybody doesn't. There's many, many people out there that aren't faithful to the things of God, and that's okay. They they're have the same opportunity that we did, but this scripture in particular is pertaining to those whose lives are committed to the things of God. And, and I forgot what I wrote next to it. That there's, uh, that's my part, that the heart uh, that this heart, as that we sang tonight, that this heart loves God. This heart is raising that hallelujah to Him. And then the, last one, the last one in that scripture is that they are called according to His design and His purpose. What's in the heart of God for every part of my life? And so I want you, as we study the Word of God on Wednesdays, is highlight those things in your Bible, that all things... And as you read that, look at yourself, everything in my life work together. That whether I realize it or not, that every, it's working together, it's fitting into a recipe, that God's up to something, into a plan for those who love God and are called according to his service. Your next fill in, next part, is that the absence of thankfulness is self-trust. And we're all guilty of that. We all have those times where we think that I can do it on my own, I can handle this, I don't need anybody's help. And, that, and when we're in that state, has anybody ever taken Enneagram? So I'm going to a conference tomorrow and I had to take an Enneagram today. And those are weird questions on Enneagram because they're, you rate how much the statement is true for you or not true for you. But uh, some of them are, I, I enjoy telling people where they're wrong. I'm like, what? <laughs> Who is answering? Strongly agree to that. That's a little bit disturbing there, you know, or I I, uh, look for ways to to avoid pain and and enjoy happiness. I'm like, don't we all? I mean, I'm not who's around trying to get in the middle of pain, but but. You can see that even in our society, today, when it comes to what any Enneagram are you, it, it's what your personality type is. And, and I don't know about you, but I quickly am unimpressed with Jonathan. So thankfulness is an uh, antidote to self-trust. And so let's go ahead and go to First um, Corinthians. So if you've got your Bible in Romans, we're going to go to the right to First Corinthians. I'm going to attempt my show again. It's not doing anything. Went the wrong way, Jonathan. 1 Corinthians 10.4. 10, 10.4, 10, good buddy. I just did that joke. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> and let's go ahead and read this. Now, this... Particular scripture I've read, you know, all the time that I've read the Bible, but I'm going to share something that is new to me in it. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God to the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. I want you to focus in. If you've got your Bible, I want you to circle weapons. Now, the one thing about this part in 1 Corinthians is that Paul to the church at Corinth is not necessarily very specific about what weapon we're talking about. And I think that when we talk about a weapon, that it can be many things. And for the sake of tonight's lesson or tonight's message, that a weapon is our gratitude. A weapon is my thankfulness. A weapon is what I am consciously thanking God for. That thankfulness is a weapon that has a spiritual voice. Now, a lot of times, if you're like me, you feel foolish when thank you, God, for so-and-so, for such-and-such, thank you, Jesus. I used to work for a pastor that he would just go around and say, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And the older I get, the more I understand <laughs> why he always liked, thank you, Jesus, because it was coming from a heart of gratitude. And that voice of thankful, that thankfulness has a voice. That voice is speaking in three different places. It, that voice is speaking to God, it's speaking to the enemy, but it's also speaking to my heart. So the weapon of thankfulness, the weapon of gratitude has a voice and it's saying something. Let's go ahead and go to Psalms um, 42. Am I reading that right? Yeah, 42. So if you're in 1 Corinthians, you're going to go to the left, kind of to the middle of the Bible. And on Wednesdays, just so you know, we'll take time to turn to stuff, just so you can highlight or circle or underline these in your own Bible. So we're going to Psalm 42, 11. In Psalm 42, 11, the the psalmist is saying, Why are you downcast? He's speaking to himself. Why are you downcast, O my inner self? And Another translation says, O my soul. And why should you um, moan over me and disquiet within me? Then he answers it: Hope in God, and wait expectantly for Him. For I shall yet praise Him who is—I love this line right here—who is my help of my who, uh, who is the help of my countenance and my God. Has your countenance ever needed help? Mine does. And it says, why are you downcast, O my soul? And then he answers, put your faith in God. He'll change your countenance. Thankfulness, gratitude is that weapon, is that use that when it comes out of us, that it's speaking to those realms of God, the enemy in my heart, but it is saying something to our soul. So now let's go to Psalms 113. 103, I'm sorry. So go a little bit to the right. Verse 1. And you're like, Jonathan, I don't have a Bible that I feel comfortable writing in. Well, enshrine that thing and I'll give you one that you can. So let me know. (laughs) Put it in a box or a case. I like the Word of God is living. So we want to... Living things need to be uh, noted and underlined, and so forth. In verse one, Psalm one hundred three one. Along the same lines, blessed, affectionately, gratefully praise. There's our gratitude. Gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all is in is deepest within me. Bless His holy name. What I like about these two verses in Psalms is it's telling us to speak to ourselves. That the heart of gratitude, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness is speaking directly to us. Anybody talk to yourself in here? You used to have a secretary that you would walk through her office and she was always talking. She'd be on the computer and she'd be talking to herself. And she'd always apologize. I'm sorry. I'm talking to myself. I said, no, I have figured out that I'm, uh, I'm the you know, best set of knowledge for myself. So the other day I was going to a meeting the other day and I was going into a room and I was outside in the hallway and I was waiting for somebody that was way down at the end. And so I'm standing there and I'm talking to her as she's coming. I'm like, over here, uh, we're over here. And so the people that are in the room are looking out and they're like, who is you? Who is he talking to out there? And like, he's just back to talking to himself. They had no clue because I never come into the meeting with anybody. I was somebody had, I was inviting in. So it was kind of funny. They're like, who are you out there? Has you ever seen somebody talking? Like, who are you talking to? Well, you know, I'm not losing it. I'm just. <laughs> Now you can't see who I'm talking to. So the same thing can be said about the word of God and our gratitude is that it speaks to our soul. Your next fill-in. Am I thankful for the things that are uncomfortable to me? The hardest part, of it's easy to be thankful when things are going well and you have what you want, things are fitting into place, but am I thankful for the things that discomfort my heart? Am I thankful for the things that try to disquiet my mind? Am I thankful for the things that are difficult to go through? Am I thankful for the things that try to grab my attention? And it's important, hopefully by the end of tonight, for us to note that those are the times that it is most important that we put on the garment of praise in the midst of it. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians in the New Testament, so we're going to go back to the right if you're in Psalms, and it's almost to the end. So if you get to where we were in Corinthians, keep on going right, and you might... I was, as I was writing this today, I kept on going to 1 Timothy, and I was like, where is this scripture? It's not Timothy, it's Thessalonians, which is right after Timothy, or before, is it before or after? Eh. It's before Timothy, my bad. So if you're in Timothy, go to the left, and we're going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. In verse 16, it says, Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad hearted continually and always. Have y'all ever been to um, English class? And have you seen where that says that this is an imperative? And usually, when they say that something is an imperative, it doesn't have a stated subject. Now, I don't want anybody break out in hives if you've already graduated, but the subject is not written there, but is the understood you. So that's what makes it an imperative. They've taken out you, and it's a directive too. And so this is what the scripture says: be happy. And we could put at the front of it: you be happy. And rejoice and be glad-hearted continually and always. Verse 17: Being uh, unceasing in prayer. And I like the Amplified. It says, "Pray perseveringly." And that doesn't mean that we always are praying and we're our hands folded and our eyes closed and we're running into walls. But it means that our heart is always in a state of prayer and recognizing that God is listening and for the sake of tonight's lesson, that our heart is always in a thankful mode of prayer. Verse 18, here's what we want to get to. Thank God in everything. That's tough. Thank God in everything, no matter the circumstance, what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks. For this is the will of God. Can we tie that together really quickly? Be thankful in everything. This is the will of God. Let's say it a different way. Be thankful in everything, this is how God operates. Let's take it a step further. Be thankful in everything because this is how you capture the attention of our God. This is the will of God. Who you are in Christ Jesus, the revealer and the mediator of that will. Your next fill-in is, I don't, um, I don't have to thank God for everything, but in everything. So many people think, well, thank God in everything. I'm spitting everywhere. That's what that pastor that I work for you never sat on the front row with him because he was juicy and it was like an aerosol. So he'd get right there and you'd just be like, Phew. oh my gosh, I was just sprayed by, <laughs> by spit. <laughs> uh, so it's not that we thank God for everything. You get a flat tire or you get in a fight or something bad happens, you're like, thank God for the flat tire. No, it's not for everything, but we thank God in everything. I like what Bill Johnson says, any area of my life that I'm unwilling to give thanks for will have a measure of influence in my heart. There's the key. That when we read the scripture in Thessalonians and it says, in everything, give thanks, there's the key everything that I give thanks for, I remove its ability to have an influence in my heart. But if I am at a place where I self-trust, where Jonathan thinks that he can take care of it, that Jonathan thinks he's going to be the one that can make it happen, then I give, give that influence full reign in my heart. But when I'm grateful... When I'm thankful, I take away the power of the enemy to influence my heart. People and circumstances will try to dictate to your heart the measure of thankfulness you live in. That should be live in, not life in. That you live in. Don't raise your hand. Don't write their name down on your paper. But have you ever had somebody that stole your joy (laughs) continually? That their, that their attitude, their way of doing things, pettiness, quarrelsome, uh, spiteful, pot stirs, in uh, insecure. I mean, the list goes on and on of people in our lives that... Uh, the way that I like to illustrate it is that they carry around a straw and they just put it on in your back and they suck the life out of you. Anybody you ever had anybody like that? The word of God says that in everything be thankful. And when we're thankful in everything, it takes away the power and the influence of people and circumstances that are there to steal my joy. Um, I lost my place for a second. There we go. If I don't give thanks over it, it will have a voice in my heart. There's the key to Thessalonians saying, in everything, give thanks. This is the will of God. When I refuse to live in a place of thanksgiving then I reap the consequences of that. But when I am in thanksgiving, I void that voice that has any influence in my heart. And so then it becomes a practice of which which place do you want to live in, Jonathan? Do you want to live in the torment of what people think, the torment of your own thoughts, the the torment of what ifs, of worry, anxiety, and so forth? Or do you want to live in a place where the word of God says, give thanks in everything This is the will of God, and God will silence the things buying for your attention to discourage you. What's the weapon? Remember we read the weapons of our world. What's the weapon? It's the gratitude. It's the garment of praise. You can say the statement, God, um, why does this torment me? And God's response is, because you have refused to bury it in thanksgiving. Have you ever had those conversations with God? Why is this still in my life? Why is this still a hard thing for me to go through? Why is this still a difficult thing with my faith? And God's response back to us, according to 1 Thessalonians, is you have not buried it in thanksgiving. You haven't put it under and suffocated it with a grateful and a thankful heart. Thankfulness is where worry goes to die. That's kind of been a play on words that on, on woke. So they said, such and such state is a place where woke goes to die. I just twisted a little bit here. That thankfulness is a place where worry goes to die. I was um, have shared this before, but there was a worship uh, leader that had uh, talked about and I, and I looked this up a little bit, and I saw several people had mentioned this study that says there's parts of the brain that operate with gratitude, and there's parts of the brain that operate with worry and anxiety, and studies have shown that the two those two parts of the brain have cannot operate at the same time, meaning if you're in Thanksgiving, then anxiety and all that other stuff doesn't have the ability to, to fire off its Neurons or whatever, and the opposite is true as well. That if I'm overwhelmed and I'm full of worry, then I'm not in the place of thanksgiving. My thanksgiving is connected to my trust. That's where it all lands. Where is my trust? When my heart is thankful in everything, and specifically with the hard times, with the difficult things. When my heart is in thanksgiving, then I'm not relying on Jonathan. When my heart is in in God, I thank you that you work all things together for my good, that thanksgiving is my weapon, then the trust comes off of me and my abilities and it's put on the Master. Then I am conscious. Here's what happens. Then I am conscious of his presence and I have awareness that he cares for me. Our gratitude. Then I have a consciousness when I'm thankful to him. God, I'm thankful that you're good to me, that you care for me, that you're working things together for my good, that I can trust you, that you have every detail of my life put together and I don't have to worry about it. Then I'm aware of his presence and aware that he's taking care of me. God loves you so much that he will cause events that uh, cause, uh, cause even the hard times to work together for your good. Let's go to Psalms 100. And I read this one on a Sunday as well, if you were here, but we're going to read it again. Psalms 100. And in verse 1, this is a great psalm to, to read often, daily. And it says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know, recognize, perceive, and understand with approval. That he, the Lord, is God; that he who has made us, and we are not not we ourselves, and we are His; we are the people and the sheep of His pasture. Here's the key that I want to show you. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and a thank offering, and enter His courts with praise. Be thankful and say to Him, "Bless." and affectionately praise His name. Now, before we do these last fill-ins, I want us to be aware on this verse 4, the pattern of God for our lives. We already studied that the pattern of God for our lives is in everything, give thanks. Here's another pattern that God gives us in Psalm. And that pattern is enter His gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts, the deeper part of where he is, with praise and with worship. So if anybody were to ask us, do you want to get close to God? Everybody probably in or watch in this room or watching would say, I want to get close to God. And this is the pattern. This is the way that we enter into his gates with thanksgiving. uh, Sunday when I I read this, it says, with a thank offering, with a password of a thank offering, that thanksgiving is all about His presence. That if we look at Psalms 100 and verse 4, it says that if we're going to come to where He is, then the Word of God says that we enter with thanksgiving. It's kind of like if I went to the Vashon's house, I can stand on their front porch all day long, and if they don't have a camera, and nothing's going to happen until I ring the doorbell or knock. I can just stand on their porch all day long. And I'm, I was at the Vashon's house. They never invited me in. They never offered me iced tea. They never offered to, for me to see Pickles or is it Gary? Which one is y'all? Y'all have both. Okay, I never saw Gary. Never saw Pickles. Just stood on that front porch. And then you would ask, Did you ring the doorbell? No. Did you knock? No. Did you tell them you were coming over? No. <laughs> but if I rang the doorbell and they were there, they're good people, they're going to open the door and probably invite me in. And that so it is with the ways of God is that when we come before Him and Bring the doorbell of thanksgiving. He opens the doors and, come and allows us to come in. And then it says, enter his courts with praise. Let's we'll stay on thanksgiving. That thanksgiving is a response to the acts of God. That I'm thankful that you've kept me. I'm thankful that you're good to me. I'm thankful that you've made a covenant with me and my family. Praise and worship is a response to His nature. When it says, come into His gates with thanksgiving, we're recognizing the acts of God. When we enter into praise and worship, that we are recognizing His his goodness, His nature, who He is as a Father, as God and King eternal. That thanksgiving creates a deeper response to His nature. Specifically, let me ask this, if you've ever gone through a hard time, a difficult situation, and you needed the help of God, wasn't it good? And a lot of us can remember these times when he showed us his goodness. And that's what this is, that thankfulness, that gratitude to God is revealing his nature and that he is is good, that we go deeper into the awareness of who he is. And then he'll work it out for our good. And the last thing is that the presence of the, uh, of the glorious God requires thanksgiving. Now, once again, the Vashans are good people, but I'm not just allowed to just walk in their house. <laughs> they probably wouldn't mind, but they would probably say, you know, don't do that. <laughs> The right response, if I was at the Vashon's house, the right response is to let them know I'm coming. When I arrive there, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, do something of that nature. That's the normal response. And so it is with the things of God that God requires us to be thankful. And he tells us in the word, in everything, give thanks. Why? Because this is the will of God. And somehow, some way, somehow, some way, it's all working together. The ingredients are coming together for my good. Let me pray over you. Lord Jesus, I just believe right now that there is a revelation of your goodness that you reveal to us a little at a time and we're so grateful for it. So Lord, I ask you right now for everybody in here that, you would have a, that we would have a new awareness of your goodness, a new awareness of our job, of the requirement of your heart to be thankful, to be grateful. So no matter where we are, what we're doing, inspire our hearts, Jesus, and remind us to come before you with thanksgiving and enter your courts with praise. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.